And please stay tuned for Mind Body Health coming right up. Mind Body Health, everybody. My name's Cobb. I am in the studio today, joined by our intrepid host, Marvin Trotter. Dr. Marvin Trotter, are you there? Hello. Good morning, Marvin. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Good morning. Yeah. There you go. Okay, well, I am never have done this before. Um, I'm at the <laughs> MCOE studio. Yeah, Marvin has done this so many times before in such a great way, but he's in a different studio today, everybody. Usually he's here in Philo, but it's so great that we have multiple studios here at KZYX. And... Take it from there, Marvin. Well, we have a wonderful guest, Dr. Casey Johnston, an outstanding pediatrician who I refer to as Wonder Woman. Welcome. (laughs) Hi. Uh, So, good morning, Casey. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Yeah, um, should I just... I'll introduce myself, I guess. Um, so yeah, my name is Casey Johnston, and I work at Mendocino Community Health Clinics. And we have uh, actually four different sites. Um, so in uh, Hillside and Dora Street Clinics in Ukiah, and uh, we see adults, kids, we have behavioral health, we have dental team, we have some specialty clinics, um, we have lab services there. And then um, actually today I am in our uh, Lakeview clinic and we have um, dental, um, medical, behavioral health and pediatrics over here. Um, and it's a beautiful beautiful day over here in Lake County. Um, and then we also have our um, Willits uh, um, Little Lake Clinic and we have basically all the above there as well, including actually now we have a pediatrician there, Dr. Katsura, Julia Katsura. So we are super stoked um, to have a pediatrician up there as well. Um, yeah, so um, so Marvin, I was thinking we could start a conversation about uh, screen well, time. Oh, go ahead. Um, first of all, my first question is always, how did you get to Mendocino County? Yeah, so um, yeah, so I grew up in Santa Cruz County and did our, my medical training in Sacramento at UC Davis, and then was at University of Arizona in Tucson. Um, really fell in love with the Southwest, but wanted to get closer to to where I grew up, and um, was looking at Northern California. And there's a job opening, and um, yeah, fell in love with with this community, um, Mendocino County. So what kind of, what job, um, what topic would you like to discuss this morning? Yeah, so I um, would really like to talk about uh, screen time in kids, Um, screen addiction, um, mental, emotional health problems related to screen time, um, 
and so forth. Cause it's like almost every visit with kids now in our pediatric clinic, this issue comes up um, even down to babies and toddlers, sadly, <laughs> um, but definitely um, uh, very much for teenage adolescent, adolescent health as well. So um, yeah, if we can, I can kind of go over some main points that I, I wanted to make and then, kind of interrupt, interrupt whenever. Well, hey, first start by defining what screen addiction is and yeah, how it's so affecting screen, kids. Yeah, so screen screen time or screen use, um, it includes a lot, of, a lot of things. And, you know, in our society and in education and our jobs today, like we use screens all the time. I mean, in this little office I'm in, I have, two computer screens in front of me, a phone next to me. <laughs> um, so they're, they're all over the place. So it can include um, computer time. It could include iPhone or iPad or smartphone time. It could include video games, um, TV. Um, I would include in there like virtual reality games. Um, I don't know. It, uh, so it, it can include a lot um, uh different ways so, of so any kind of screen time is what you're talking about but yet for kids of all ages now screen time's an essential part of their day for for needs that we have to meet whether it's school or you know zoom time and especially coming out of the pandemic correct yeah exactly like we are you know require screens for a lot of different things. And there, you know, there are some, there def yeah, there's definitely a lot of um, important ways that we use screens. Um, and it makes our lives, you know, very much more efficient in many ways. Um, and then especially with education, like even in the classroom now, screens are used regularly down to kindergarten, first grade level. Um, and, you know, we do, we are able to connect socially um, in some healthy ways to over screens, like staying in touch with family or doing, um, um, you know, video chatting, um, all that. So it is, it is integral part of our life, but it's also important that kids learn how to use it responsibly um, and not be glued to it. So a diagnosis, like an actual real diagnosis that is come about in the last few years is screen addiction um, or um, gaming addiction. I mean, that's actually like a diagnosis that you can give someone now, gaming addiction. Um, it has a code and everything. So that's when it's like any other addiction, really, where you are relying on it, you're craving it, um, you have signs of other drug addiction based it's similar to a drug addiction like you get irritable it affect it can affect your sleep your mood your um nutrition your exercising your you know just your daily living um it can affect if you're you know hooked to your screens addicted um, to your screens you can uh your social interactions with your family can be affected so it can definitely it can become um how does this um, uh, how does this get started? Yeah, so we are seeing excessive screen use at a very young age. I mean, I've seen babies down to, I mean, just yesterday actually, <laughs> saw like a four month old in a stroller given a phone. 
um, to look at. And then the, they kind of looked at it and then they just chewed on it, chewed on their mom's phone. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's being used as um, kind of a default comfort, um, comfort tool um, down to very, very young ages. So it starts very young. Um, I think we're afraid sometimes to let kids be bored <laughs> and screens are easily accessible and can be given to, you know, to a screaming child or to keep them from being bored or during a car ride or, or that sort of thing. So um, that's, that's a way that it's introduced very young. Um, and then as uh, kind of in the more school-aged kids, I see a lot of kids on YouTube or TikTok. And that's, um, I mean, it's built to be addicting, the YouTube and TikTok, because it will just keep giving you videos. And a kid, a three-year-old can keep going on it <laughs> forever, like um, until they're told to stop. So they can just be watching TikTok video after TikTok video, or what's really interesting in school age kids, and actually in teenagers too, kids are watching other kids play with toys. That's super popular. So in like younger kids, they'll, there's videos, YouTube videos of kids opening up a toy and playing with it. And they'll get tons of views. Like lots of kids will be watching the kid playing with the toy. And then with teenagers, um, <laughs> It can be, or even adults, like people are watching people play video games, let alone not, they're not playing the video game, they're watching other people play video games. <laughs> so it's an interesting, uh, so. Right. I have a, a question in regards to just, so basically for pediatrics, is there a hard and fast age group that you would define as the cutoff when we're talking about this subject? You yeah, know, I think, yeah, I think what you're asking is like what, um, like at what age can we allow kids to use screens? Or is that what? No, I mean, well, the the first spectrum I'm wondering is when we talk about like teenagers into adulthood, and as far as who you're caring for and what you're seeing, mm -hmm. you're, you're seeing patients up to generally what age? Oh, generally up to 18. Okay, got um, it. Often, often through age 18 and sometimes a little later, but generally 18, yes. And then when we're talking screen addiction, like healthy screen use to screen addiction, are there any particular numbers as far as the amount of time people are reporting that you're noticing? So that people are reporting, I mean, there's been, um, I've jotted down some notes, some stats actually on like how much screen, um, where is it? I can't find it right now. But I mean, we're, especially during the pandemic, I was meeting, or like the first year and a half when schools were um, basically virtual, there were kids on the screen the whole the whole day and into the mm -hmm. night. Um, so there, uh, we do see kids that like, even now they're back in school, like they come home from school and they're on the screen until nine, 10 at night. Um, and the weekends I've met, I, I mean, it makes me sad, actually. There's, I've met a number of teenagers who they spend most of the weekend just in their room mm -hmm. on the screens, on video games. So, uh, so there are, yeah, there's, <laughs> I do see some kids with very, very excessive um, screen use. Is, kind of the, oh, go ahead. Well, is there any kind of like, 
how do I phrase this question? Like an average amount of time that's considered just average screen use that's normal for kids so, right now? Yeah. You know, like needed screen use. Oh, so use? what's like, recommended? So what's, I mean, what's normal and average is probably four to five hours a day, probably more. That's what's observed. <laughs> and then on weekends, it's it's more, um, which is a lot of screen time. That's time sitting, not being active, not doing other things. Um, what's recommended, like the Academy of Pediatrics, is really under the age of two, um, there should be very limited screen time. I mean, maybe like, a, I mean, part of it too is that the kids not really, even if it's an educational show, they're not like processing a lot what they're seeing. So there's not like a lot of benefits even from shows, but brief things here and there for for little kids would be okay. But, um, and then between ages two and five, really like limit it to less than an hour or two a day. Um, and then above that, um, really striving for two to three hours max a day. Um, so that could be, you know, watching a movie or a couple shows or video games for a couple hours a day or, you know, that sort of thing, but really having a limit. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and there are ways for parents to put, um, you know, limits on their devices and, um, and that sort of thing. So there are kind of external controls that you can put um, on the phones and yeah. Right. And you're consistently finding kids are reporting a lot more screen time use than what's recommended. Oh, yeah. Very, very much excessive. <laughs> um, yeah. And there's, I mean, there's a whole string of health effects, not just like the symptoms of an addiction that can affect a kid, but I mean, it's leading to climbing rates of obesity and with that comes diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol problems. And that's related to all the sedentary time that, you know, kids are spending in front of a screen when they should be outside playing in the dirt or being, you know, being active. Um, there's sleep problems very much related to screen time. I mean, you know, it's like that I'll watch one more show at night and then, oh, I'll watch another one. Like it, <laughs> that addictiveness of screen time, but also the blue light of the screen messes up our melatonin cycles. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Actually, and then also just like if you're doing, um, playing like video games or something that's more interactive, it, it, it stimulates our brain. So it's harder to calm our brains down for sleep. So that um, impacts sleep a lot. And with that comes a lot of behavioral problems for kids. Um, I'm seeing a lot of like chronic neck and back problems developing in kids. Um, like most kids now come into clinic with like a hunched, kind of hunched over. <laughs> and I mean, I'm working on it too with my, yeah, you know, I feel I'm that one. a lot for my job. And um, so it's kind of a reminder to myself when I'm reminding a kid to sit up straight, but so that's a big issue. Like we're seeing young young kids with back problems. Um, and, you know, you're hunched over on your device, or um, the you know the computer, or the laptop is too low, and you're hunched over. Um, we're seeing we can get more into it later, but a lot of mental uh, emotional health problems, like anxiety, depression, and a lot of that's linked to social media use. Um, and then a lot of impact on like early childhood development. 
So in that, uh, you know, between ages one and three, there's so much like speech development, social about social skills that are learned, um, motor skills, like so much happens between age one and three. And if a kid is on their, you know, a device, all their free time, they're not having the opportunities to learn all these things. And um, so that's another impact of excessive screen time. So to what degree is excessive screen time like as you've noticed over the last i don't know what what's been the timeline for you in noticing excessive screen time take over as a major concern as a pediatrician for kids yeah so i mean i've been um out in practice for five or six years so it's been the majority of my career uh, as a pediatrician um and talking to others who have been practicing longer, I would say that um, like the mobile devices really changed things a lot. So, uh, you know, at first it was, you know, the iPads and iPhones and smartphones and laptops like that you can bring, especially the iPhones you can have in your hand at all times. And I mean, I'll be, um, you know, there lots of people like feel uncomfortable when they don't have their phone in their hand now. <laughs> Um, so that I think changed a lot because you can have it's it's just there all the time and you have this urge to be checking it or I mean it's um, especially with teenagers actually uh, in appointments now it's pretty common that they'll be checking their phone throughout like when I'm trying to talk to them in the mm -hmm. clinic because they can't miss out on a text from a friend or they um, that sort of thing so it's just with you all the time. <laughs> And then I would say also the pandemic didn't help anything. Um, when kids are on the screen for their education, there's a lot of other things that they can access on that screen, including YouTube, including TikTok, including, um, you know, it's very easy to get distracted. Right. So when it comes to a, a definition, and before I ask this question, I'm just going to take a moment. And if you just tuned in, you are tuned to KZYX. This is the Mind Body Health Show. My name's Cobb. I'm engineering in the studio and co-hosting with Dr. Marvin Trotter. And our guest today is Dr. Casey Johnston, a pediatrician here in Mendocino County. And our focus is on, of course, the kids and um, screen addiction is what we've been discussing so far. So thanks for tuning in. Um, and... Doctor, what I was wondering is when it comes to an actual medical definition of screen addiction to, you know, what what is kind of that crossover point to where you're making that diagnosis? And then in regards to that, um, I'm just wondering where that's fitting in with like a priority in the spectrum of health concerns you're seeing in kids in your career? Yeah, those are good questions. So when does it become screen addiction? I mean, I would say it's similar to the definition of, of addiction to other things. So when an uh, individual is craving the screen constantly, <laughs> when um, they stop using the screen, they become irritable, 
Um, you'll see it in young kids, the phone's taken away and they have a meltdown and a tantrum. <laughs> Although that, that may not be like true addiction in younger kids, but um, you see it in, in older kids and teenagers. Um, so irritability, when it starts affecting um, their general health and when it affects how much sleep they're getting, you know, they're only getting five hours of sleep a night because they're hooked on to their video game throughout the night. Um, when it starts affecting their mental, emotional health. Um, so when they're basing their, you know, how they, their, how they feel emotionally based on what they're seeing on the screen, you know? Um, so those, uh, so when it, when it starts affecting their other areas of their health, um, and also, I think just time time spent on the screen is helpful to see if there if there's this kind of a screen addiction too. So if a kid's on there all day, <laughs> um, it's crossing the line. Um, and then, so you were asking also like how much of a priority it is in our visits with kids and general health of pediatric patients. And I would say increasingly it's climbing to a top concern. Like I said before, it affects so many areas of health and wellness. And we're in a crisis, a mental health crisis now with um, adolescent health. That's very, very much tied to uh, social media use. And so I think this should be talked about more. <laughs> and it's hard because I think as adults, we're all, or a lot of us um, rely on screen so much. And I definitely have to check myself. Like, you know, I get pulled into things too. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not always the best example to be quite honest, but I'm working on it. Um, like, I think that makes it harder because we all, um, are kind of tied to our screens a little bit. So to see it in our kids, um, and to be critical of it can be challenging. So as, as your patients come in, as these kids come into your offices or their parents bring them in, what kind of concerns are they bringing their kids in? Like, are they bringing them in because they're concerned about screen addiction or is it starting from somewhere else? And then as, as a pediatrician, you're noticing, oh, you know what, a lot of, what you came in to, to ask for help with is actually, you know, the primary concern is screen addiction. Is that what's happening for you or what, what does that look like? Yeah. So on all well child checks, so just our, you know, regular scheduled preventative exams um, that happen in early childhood, they happen pretty frequently. And then uh, eventually they get to be, you know, annual checkups. So it is a question that I ask every child and their parent, you know, how much screen time do you use? Um, and so that's a good starting point. And then also in these checkups, um, definitely in the teenage years, we do mental health screening as well for anxiety and depression. And so that can also um, kind of be a trigger too to ask more questions about, um, about it. Um, I mean, also we're asking questions about physical activity and sleep patterns and eat, you know, nutrition, and that can um, help us determine, you know, if 
what's going on basically in the child's health. Um, and then we are getting more and more um, families bringing their kids and teens in for behavioral health concerns. And of course, there's a lot of different, you know, reasons for those concerns, but um, sometimes we always like ask about, uh, or we try to ask about like bullying, screen time, social media use, um, and other reasons maybe that's leading, you know, that can inform us about the child's behavioral concerns. And within those questions that can come up that excessive screen use or online bullying or that sort of thing could be contributing to the um, behavioral health concerns of the child. So it's it's one piece of the puzzle, but oftentimes it can be a very, very important piece of the puzzle, except, especially like anxiety um, and social media use. Mm-hmm. And just to step back a little bit from screen addiction, uh, what else are you seeing in your patients and kids that's also a priority that, you know, kind of makes up a full spectrum of your day caring for your patients? Yeah, I guess just stepping back. So um, we are, I work in a general pediatrics office, so we see everything basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do urgent care. Um, we're seeing actually right now a lot of kids with COVID and a lot of kids with the flu and a lot of kids with vomiting illnesses vomiting, diarrheal illnesses, a lot of hand, foot, and mouth disease. Like May and June have been really, really rough in the ERs and in our clinics. Uh, I mean, rough for the patients and families. Like a lot of things are going around right now. So we see a lot of urgent care. We see, like I mentioned before, like behavioral health concerns. Um, and we have amazing counselors, behavioral health department in our clinic. Uh, we see... Um, you know, over probably over half of our patients that come in every day are for well well visits and for vaccines and growth and development screening. Um, and then we see, you know, all the other things like rashes and um, other, yeah, a mix of other concerns. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so as far as screen addiction goes or screen use being a major concern is that mostly a part of when you're seeing just wellness visits it's coming up more and more or is it across the board with all the patients you're seeing i mean it's it's mainly coming up with wellness visits and behavioral health visits got it yeah and and what are the changes that you're... I have a question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead, Dr. What, Marvin. Um, can you discuss... Um, it always bothers me, young girls growing up with TikTok um, and these other incessant um, sexual stuff that young girls are exposed to and what their image self-images are. Right, and Instagram's been in the news about this lately. Yeah, it's um, there's been a number of studies actually showing um, a major link with social media, Instagram, and then like TikTok or YouTube video. You know, like a lot of these online um, uh, platforms and uh, mental health, emotional health of teenagers, and especially young women. 
Um, there's, you know, young girls and women are comparing themselves to pictures people post of their, you know, of them, um, you know, dressed up, makeup, out, <laughs> kind of at their best. And so that's what girls are comparing themselves to, like these, um, these images that they see on the screen and also their social interactions may be mainly on the screen, which aren't reality. So they're comparing themselves to a non-reality like non instead of having real connections with people. And also the online bullying um, can be extreme. I mean, people are way willing to say nasty things online, but then in person, they're not, uh, it's like they're willing to say more mean things online basically um, than in person. And so, and, but that affects people just as much as it being said to them in person. And, and also teenagers um, aren't able to kind of turn it off. Like before iPhones and text messages and Instagram and all this stuff, like you could go home and be in the, you know, hopefully for most kids, be safe at home and take a break, a mental break from all this drama that can happen or all these comparisons or, you know, just be yourself at home. But now you have all this at home. You know, maybe it's in your, <laughs> your iPhone's in your bed or on your bed stand and you're like checking it at night right before you go to bed. So you're you're not kids and teens are not getting that mental break. Um, so that also is draining uh, and just not good for the developing teenage brain. So I have a question about kind of the the flip side of that coin because i'm aware living in a very rural environment um how limited social exposure is for kids and how you know regardless of how healthy screen time is in a lot of ways it can be the healthy outlet where they're finding like-minded friends and social groups that are very supportive of them especially if they identify in ways that are you know, not supported in their communities or even in their homes by their own families sometimes? Or is that something that's... Yeah, that so see? I... There are definitely... Yeah, I don't want to say that, like, screen time's all bad. It's just there needs to be limits. Um, mm -hmm. So there's definitely some um, great uh, connections that can be made by social media, you know, um, especially in rural communities like that. I mean, that's how I hear about a lot of community events going on or, um, you know, and like you were saying, maybe some people who don't feel like they fit in can connect with people outside their community. So that is a great um, benefit of, of social media and screens and, and we're connecting with family that don't live nearby. That's been great. I've been able to like stay in touch with, yeah, family, especially through the pandemic that way too. Um, so there, you know, and there are some creative outlets on, um, you know, creative programs that you can use, um, on screens and all that. So there are a lot of, a lot of benefits, but I would just say it's important to have limits. So this is kind of a silly comparison, but like, um, I mean, kind of treat it like a treat <laughs> in a way, like, like ice cream. If you eat ice cream all the day, all day, you're going to feel every day, you're going to feel sick and you're going to feel probably bad. <laughs> um, uh, you know, even at the time when you're eating ice cream, it feels good, but overall 
in the long run, you're going to probably not feel so good. So it's screen time. It's a silly comparison, but screen time is, is a little bit similar. Like it just put limits on it. Um, and it can be a great thing, but if you're using it all the time, it's not going to make you feel great emotionally and physically. Right. So that just adds into the, the hazards and the cautions for anyone who maybe has healthy relationships using screens and they rely on them to maintain those healthy, healthy relationships. It sounds like just the act of using a screen itself is something to be aware of and cautious about. Yeah, exactly. Just just um, be mindful about um, using screens, especially um, kids using screens, and especially young young kids, and then social media for teenagers. Just use use with caution. <laughs> so what what have been. In, in regards to your patients who are affected by this, what have been useful limits and, and what have you been prescribing? How have they been working with that as far as, you know, making a healthy change? Yeah, so some things I focus on, um, I mean, probably one of the most important thing is to model good behavior. And I mean, I'm trying trying to as well with my, my own kids but what you're it, more importantly than what you tell your kids to do is what what you show them and so if you're if every three second you have you're looking on your phone that's that behavior is going to be carried on by your kid like they're going to see that and think that that's the normal way of doing things like when you can't be bored you have to be looking at a screen um uh so modeling or like you know, binge watching shows all day, <laughs> you, that's modeling that behavior to your, to your child. So, um, that's a, uh, or turn, you know, turning off your screen before bedtime or just all those little things like the modeling good behaviors to, um, to kids. Um, you know, family should spend time every day, you know, what some people say unplugged. So, um, you know, have quality family time together where no one's on their device or no one's on a screen um, and have real social connections. Um, uh, you know, putting parental controls, um, putting time limits on screen use, um, there are ways of doing that. Um, encouraging other activities. So, a really common thing is a team, uh, kids say, oh, there's nothing else to do in the house. That's, so the video game is the only thing I can do. <laughs> um, well, there's, even if it's, you know, not so great weather outside, there's a thousand other things you could find to do in your house. You could have books to read. You can have puzzles. You can have card games. You can have drawing and art supplies. Um, you could build forts. You can learn how to do the laundry. You could learn, do the dishes. You could clean, you know. Um, learn how to cook. So there's a, lots of other things that kids can be encouraged to do. And that, you know, that takes time and effort for, by the parents too. Um, but it's definitely worth it. <laughs> um, keeping bedrooms screen free. So that's super important. Mm -hmm. Like so many kids have TVs, video games, their smartphones or whatever in their, in their rooms. Um, so taking those out of their rooms can, can put limits on it. Um, and a couple other things. So just being careful and cautious when you're relying on screens to entertain your kids or keep them busy or keep them from being bored. 
um, you know, driving 10 minutes from home to the, to school, like you don't need to put an iPad in front of your kid to keep them entertained. Like it's um, better for them to be kind of bored and look out the window and observe the town they live in and, you know, see the birds flying. And um, so you don't need to keep your kid entertained at all times. Um, and then, you know, a lot of, um, just be mindful about the the screen time that a kid is is doing. So in in younger kids, like putting on an educational show or a a movie on the you know on a TV screen um, where there's a defined start and end, <laughs> and especially if you've watched it before and you know what it's all about, that's you know so much better than just giving the kid free access to YouTube. Um, and they're choosing whatever they want and they can keep the, the videos going, you know, and going. So those are just some, a few of the tips that I've, um, talked to families about. Got it. Um, so are you open to taking questions from listeners calling in? Sure. Excellent. <laughs> and if you are out there listening... You're tuned to KZYX. Our guest today has been Dr. Casey Johnston, pediatrician. Uh, my name's Cobb. I'm in the studio co-hosting with Dr. Marvin Trotter, and we we haven't heard from him as much today just because of technical difficulties. We're, you know, ironically relying on screen time here uh, for how we're all connecting over the radio, such as it is. Um, so if you want to call in, that number is 707-895-2448 can get you into the live studio line with a question for our guest about pediatrics in general, um, and especially screens and how they're affecting, uh, uh the children all around here. Again, that number is 707-895-2448. One thing I want to mention, actually, is I just saw a statistic about um, using screens, distracted driving, and texting while driving. And um, and I've seen, I mean, on the road, I've seen kids, it's, well, adults too, but teenagers also be looking at their screens, um, texting while driving. And actually, um, so... Every year, almost 400 people die from driving and texting, and half of those are teenagers. Um, so that's that's a, a pretty startling number. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I mean, I, I've definitely noticed the billboards on the rising out of the the driveways that are promoting that message to not text and drive quite a bit more recently. But that's just me as an anecdote. So we do have a, a caller. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. Hi. Um, let's see. Um, I'm trying to frame it as a question. I guess, have you considered or do you think it's worth considering? I do. Um, what is the cause of addiction anyway? Because I've considered this a lot. And one thing I'm pretty sure of is that when someone is addicted to anything, it's because they have a real human need. They have an actual human need that's not being met. 
but there's some convenient replacement, whether it's, you know, the smartphone, YouTube, cigarettes, whatever else is easily available or sometimes not so easily available, and it's something that you can get that is a false response to a real need. And I'm thinking so many children are, and teenagers and whatnot, are addicted. So many people are addicted. And I think it's worth considering what is it that is that are basic human needs that we're not getting. And I think it's healthy, caring, respectful human relationships with real people. Thanks for your question, caller. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that call. I completely agree. <laughs> I yeah, I think a real human connection um, is really important, and yeah, and kids, uh, you know, kids and teens are seeking a, basically a dopamine surge from something, <laughs> so they're seeking to feel good um, to something, and if they're not having the social interactions that can make them feel good or they're not having challenges in life where they can overcome and then feel good about it or they're you know not um, getting physical activity they're not um, engaged with the world around them though I mean those things can give you that dopamine surge and if if you're not getting them that you crave crave something and screen time is easy easily accessible um, and so, there, you know, you get a quick dopamine surge or rush from, um, you know, from a, a YouTube video or, a, you know, a text from someone or, you know, you get that quick dopamine release. And then like with a lot of other addictions, you crave that even more. So, um, so I think it is important that we're providing kids with all, you know, other, other ways of feeling good. <laughs> And a lot of it has to do with connecting with their community, with their family, um, you know, and and friends and with school, you know, kids, at, uh, friends at school. And, yeah, so thanks for the call. Um, in that regards, maybe we could step back again. And can you just define for us, you know, overall what addiction is really quickly, what screen and gaming addiction is? And then maybe talk a little bit about where that's fitting in with what you're seeing in kids these days and overall addictions that you're seeing. Yeah. I mean, Marvin, Marvin can help me with the overall definition of addiction. Um, but for in the pediatric world, it's, yeah, when something is, when, when someone craves something so much um, and that it's affecting their their overall health so it's um they're they're using it excessively or it's interfering with their social relationships with their family with sleep with nutrition with school performance you know in adults like addiction a measure of or, um, a question regarding addiction can be like is it affecting your work in kids it's more is it affecting your schoolwork um i mean i've seen some kids they're getting great grades and then they get really into social media and they're having experience related depression anxiety and their grades plummet so that can be a marker um and and so how it fits in with just pediatrics in general um kind of what we already talked about is that it can affect 
it can it can affect brain development. Actually, there's a study. Um, where was it? It was in young young kids using screens more than like eight hours a day, which is a lot. But there are kids that use it eight hours a day or more. So young kids actually they had like increased cortical thinning, it's like brain thinning, like their actual changes on MRIs. <laughs> wow! So it can actually affect brain development. Um, it can affect um, wow. development. Oh, go ahead, Marvin. Wow. Yeah, what are you seeing in terms of addiction in in your practice, Marvin? Just um, in adults. Okay, uh, there's the delay. Yeah, that's a technical thing. Go ahead, Marvin. We can hear you. <laughs> okay, um, I'll just say that um, there's there's an enormous problem. <clears throat> In addiction in Lake Mendocino County, we're we're spending fifty million dollars a year in Lake Mendocino County just for hospitalizations of drug and alcohol problems. And I would say that we need better elementary schools. I think the caller talked about uh, uh, appropriate individual connections in elementary school is the most important thing we could be talking about. Where are our soccer fields? Where are our after-school programs? Where's the alternative for kids other than being on screens? Because the ball game's pretty much over by the time you're 12. And it's sad to see all these drug and alcohol problems that I think could be addressed very early on. Prevention, prevention, prevention. Yeah, and I think having kids develop passions early on can make a huge difference. Like once, like you're saying, by age 12 and by teenage years, if, um, you know, kids aren't having those outlets for expressing themselves, for developing self-confidence and self-worth and, you know, pursuing passions and hobbies, like they're, they're at risk for, for other addictions in life. And um, if anybody, I know I get old talking about this, but look at Iceland, teen and drugs. They went from the worst addiction of teenagers to the best in Europe by providing after-school activities and just what we're talking about. So there's real examples to set up these changes as far as evidence goes to affect them in healthy ways. What, what other addictions besides screen addiction are major concerns here locally that you're seeing, Doctor? Uh, Kate, Dr. Johnston. Yeah. yeah, so in the, in the pediatric clinic, I mean, unfortunately, we are seeing other drug addictions in, in teenagers, um, you know, uh, <laughs> pills, um, uh and I'm going to say marijuana, you know, you know, there's some thought out there that marijuana is addicting, but um, it is a way that a kid gets a dopamine surge and they can start craving and using it excessively. And it can affect their academics. It can affect their family life, their sleep, their, you know, ability to hold down a job. So, um, you know, marijuana is everywhere now um, and there's increasing evidence. I mean, now that it's legalized in some states, there's actually more research on it showing that actually it is in excessive use, not great for the developing brain. Um, so in, yeah, in pediatrics, so we see, we see those types of addictions. And then, you know, there's been fentanyl overdoses in teens. Um, so that's, 
sadly, I've been, <laughs> I try in every adolescent visit to talk about the dangers of fentanyl now. That's a subject for a whole nother show. Um, because that is another very big deal. We have a caller who's ready to go with a question. Thank you for holding, caller. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. Uh, are you referring to me on this yeah, Yes, right now. Thanks okay. for calling. Thank you very much. Great. No, it, it's great to listen to Dr. Johnston. I think this is a very important uh, topic. I'm, uh, this is Andy Corn. I'm the county health officer, and I think this is, you know, I've been in family practice for over 40 years, and certainly this is a very growing concern. Uh, as Marvin was saying, addiction in our county is, is, uh, is huge, and, uh, the number of lives lost and, and the, uh, uh, the number of years of lives lost is, is a huge because it's, a, a attributed to uh, drug and alcohol addiction, but screen addiction may be one of the precursors. We don't even know about that. Um, I think that uh, just to add into the conversation, that when the children are on uh, using the phone, uh, it's not only um, these social uh, media, but they're texting, and, and, and they're texting instead of communicating. Uh, there's much that goes on between people when we're talking and communicating that's not just written text. Um, and, and the other thing is that texts and, and these online uh, sites exist because uh, they try and create followers. Uh, and, they cre- and, uh, and it encourages imitation to get that dopamine surge, uh, either when you go to school and you're dressed the right way or made up the right way or whatever, rather than any kind of innovation or creativity that could happen uh, time that you're not on the screen. But the other reason I wanted to call in today, because I know that there's a lot of people interested in children, uh, is to acknowledge that in the last couple of years, because of COVID, children's visits to their providers for wellness exams um, has really fallen off, and, and vaccinations has fallen off. And um, that's the time when we find some of these problems, not only screen addiction uh, and overuse of screens that can cause uh, uh, mental health problems, physical problems, uh, sexual development problems, and so on, uh, but that's when we also, with those wellness visits, catch up on routine vaccinations. And uh, this year, what we're recommending at the health department is that parents really um, uh, set up their uh, their visits as early as possible. We have a great system of rural and uh, uh, health clinics in Mendocino County. And we need to schedule these wellness visits early because there's just not going to be enough time to fit everyone in before school starts. And this is usually the rush in in, uh, October, in uh, August and September. Let's start it now in June so people can get in and uh, get some of the advice that Dr. Johnson is uh, is giving and assess their kids and and uh, and figure out how to do uh, how to do this uh, uh, dealing with this uh, new uh, new threat that we have. And it's not just kids; it's all of us. But it is very important with the kids because they are at a development stage. Anyway. Just wanted to call in and uh, congratulate uh, this show for for uh, for its content and uh, Dr. Johnson for her commitment and, and her work with the kids and encourage the parents who are listening to get in for their wellness exams as soon as possible. Yeah, thanks for calling. Can you reintroduce yourself one more time to give everybody context for the comments you're sharing today? Sure. This is sure. This is Dr. Andy Corin, and I'm the uh, Mendocino County Public Health Officer. Got it. Thanks for calling in, Dr. Andy Corrin. 
Again, thanks thanks to you all. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Gordon, for calling in. Um, and I yeah, agree with all your comments. And yeah, this is now the time to, to get your kid in because um, there's only uh, so many so many spots in the fall to get your kids in. So, um, and we advise you know annual well checks for all ages. Um, it's really hard to get our teenagers to come in, you know, when maybe there's not a Tdap vaccine due or or that sort of thing. But it's still important to bring them in every year. Um, and then you know, in getting vaccines up to date, um, and then also. Um, you know, getting the COVID vaccine. So we are giving the COVID vaccine in clinic uh, routinely. And um, so that we advise that as well. Right. We're coming up on the end of our program, Dr. Johnston. Could you uh, segue into giving out the contact information for people that do want to follow up with this advice? And also let us know, again, uh, the the footprint of you, of your uh, care as far as the various field offices you were describing early in the show, if you can step back to that as well. Yeah, so again, my name is Casey Johnston, and I'm a pediatrician with Mendocino Community Health Clinics, and we have four different sites. So in Ukiah, we have our Dora Street Clinic and our Hillside Clinic, and the Hillside Clinic it can be reached at 468-1010, 468-1010. And so that's uh, one of the places I work. And then uh, in Lake Lake County, we have our Lakeview office. And then in Willits, our Little Lake Clinic as well. So four different sites across the county. Um, yeah, I think I answered your questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are there any phone numbers or websites that folks should know about before we go? Oh, I mean, a general great website from the Academy of Pediatrics is Healthy Children children.org so healthychildren.org so that's just a great go-to website for i mean it, it has a lot of articles on screen time and how to manage screen time but also just general health questions um and then yeah and the cdc actually has a lot on this topic as well and, and how, are there any phone numbers for your various offices that you want to put out there for folks um, I think the main one um, at uh, at Hillside is the the best general number, so four six eight ten ten, and then um, our Lakeview clinic is two six three seven seven two five, and so those are the numbers I have with me right now. <laughs> Got it. And it, 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 if you are tuned in, the irony is certainly not lost on us when we're recommending websites and things that screen time is a necessary part of our daily experience, even as we talk about addiction there. And I, I want to put a special thank you out um, to Dr. Trotter because of our technical difficulties I've been having to actually voice a lot of the questions that would have been his voice today. Um but we manage it. We, we're working with screens and yet recognizing that it's also a challenge that can be a source of addiction today. Good job, Cobb. Uh, thanks for being with us, Dr. Marvin Trotter. And thanks so much for joining us again, Dr. Casey Johnston. Uh, we certainly look forward to having you on again and again in the future with more updates. Thanks for having me. And having said that, we have about a minute left to go, everybody. 
um, on Mind Body Health has been where we're at. If you were trying to call in um, and didn't get through, thanks for calling and tuning in. Um, KZYX is always happy to bring you these programs, whether it's Mind Body Health or what's coming up, which is Loose Cannon Classics with Susan Jewell. Uh, we do still want to put a big thank you out to all the supporters from the latest Pledge Drive, which was a, a big push towards this station's development ongoing. Um, funny thing, it's as much screen time in the background. It still represents a non-screen alternative uh, form of communication for us in all ages. And with that, we are going into music here in about 10 seconds. Stay tuned to KZYX, everybody. Have a great day. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.